0: that's right it is time it is training camp and we are here thank you vanessa for bringing us in on this fabulous friday uh we're right across the street from centura training center um and training camp 2023 is on air right now thanks to ting internet if you live in Centennial, make Ting your light speed internet provider for as low as $89 a month. Go to Ting.com slash Centennial for more info. Fellas, the whole Players Club is in the house here. We are seated with a view across the street of the whole Broncos facility. Cars starting to roll up. Cones set up. There's a buzz in the air. Did you guys get excited driving up or what?
1: I did. I did. I, I didn't... Uh I didn't anticipate those kind of emotions. But, yeah, if football season is real, it's official, it is here, Uh, I'm stoked, man. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, woo Watch driving
2: by with the honk. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you were excited this morning, Chad. When I got up to like kind of that berm and started coming down the hill, I threw up a little bit in my mouth this morning. <laughs> just <a little> bit <laughs> of old memories. Those bad old memories of reporting to training camp. But just knowing what a grind that is. So hopefully Sean Payton gets back to that grind because last year it definitely wasn't that grind.
0: It wasn't that grind. And, um, you know, we've been talking. We talked yesterday. And even in the mm-hmm. national media, they're talking today about the contrast between those grinds. Sean Payton um, quoted in a USA Today article saying that it was... And we're doing everything opposite of last year. Um, how does it, where does that start? I mean, where are you going to see that immediately, Orlando, the opposite way of doing it? Um, training camp. So you're talking about puking in your mouth because you know what's waiting for you, <laughs> yeah. right? Last year with well, these guys, I don't Nasty think they were puking picture. in their mouth. So so where, where does that start, that, well, that opposite?
2: I think it's going to start day one. These guys are going to be surprised and shocked because I've been in a Sean Payton uh, training camp. And year seven in the NFL... I was shocked when that final whistle blew after we played our last snap of practice, and he said, get on the line. You're going to condition after each and every practice. So I think these guys are going to notice immediately that they're going to be a better-conditioned football team, but also Deshaun Payton is not going to sit here and allow mediocre. You know, that was another thing. My first day in training camp, he let us do a whole entire uh, period. And then called it up and said, "That's not good enough. We're going to start back from play one and do it all over again." So it's the demand of perfection that we're. I think we're going to get ready to see now.
0: Yeah. What about the physicality? I mean, we, you hear about Sean Payton being from the Bill Parcells tree, right? That's old school. That's what you used to do. You came in the league in 1942, and you were, you know, just a young whippersnapper. Um, What does that look like when you talk about old-school training camp from a physical standpoint?
1: That means taking advantage of every padded practice to work on the physical nature of your game. Obviously, the CBA has changed the amount of practices and all that kind of stuff. There was a great uh, quote from Bill Belichick a couple days ago. He said they had 51 padded practices in a training camp when he first got to the Giants. Is that right? 51. They played in six preseason games. They had three inter-squad scrimmages before they got to the regular season. So, obviously, times have changed since yeah. then, and actually it changed for the better. But that physical training camp establishes a tough skin, establishes a mentality that if things are going haywire, it's a rainy game, it's a win game, we can't pass the ball, we can't do that. Bottom line, we will get down on three-point stands and we will knock the crap out of you. Sometimes you got to win football games that way. So this... The fact that Sean Payton is a branch off the Bill Parcells tree, again, he can't do the same kind of things that Parcells and Belichick did even back when I was playing. But the attempt to maximize every padded opportunity and work on the physicality and the physical nature of this football team is going to be at the paramount.
0: Yeah, I don't think we're going to see pads out there today. Even though they did, they have been practicing for a couple days now, um, the ramp-up period is is such that we're probably not going to see these guys cracking. Yeah, there you go. Rev that engine, buddy. Um, we're probably not going to see the pads cracking today. How many pads, padded practices do they get during the courses of a, tr- of a training camp now, as mandated by the current CBA? Are you, are you guys aware?
2: Uh, I'm not aware. I just know that there is a ramp-up period, and I think that that consists of... Uh, at least two days of spiders, so the cushiony pads, not shoulder pads, and then you got to go also go a couple days of uppers. If I'm not mistaken, which that is shoulder pads and helmet. How does that
0: affect you as an offensive line when you go spiders? Uh, can you really get your work? Doesn't in?
2: affect it at all. Because Once it's offensive all alignment and defensive alignment put helmets on, it's full go. Okay. Uh, offensive line understands that. You're not gonna. You should not get bull rushed by a defensive lineman, and the defensive lineman understands that. Hey, my offensive lineman teammate is not gonna cut me. But once you put that helmet on, you better tape up, tape those fingers up because it is full go in the trenches for sure.
0: So you're on the offensive line, Orlando. You're a tackle, Chad. You're you're coming off the edge. When you guys are walking, getting ready in the locker room, Orlando, are you looking across like like I, I'm gonna get him today? <laughs> are you or do you feel like you guys are teammates? Like where's the where's the competitive level? How are you looking at your your opposition going into to the practice like today?
2: Um, where am I at in my, in my conditioning? Where am I at in my shape? Um, typically, I would come into training camp probably about 10 pounds over and just knowing that the grind of training camp was going to get 10 pounds off of me. It didn't matter how much I was eating during that time. But um, the first practice, I, I just wanted to feel it out. I wanted to get back used to football because you've been away from it for a little while. And as we know, when these guys go away for this six- or seven-week process, you're not out there with a helmet on doing one-on-ones. Yeah. You're training in the weight room. You're training on your speed, maybe some flexibility stuff. But um, So day one for me was always kind of a feel-it-out day. I wanted to ramp it up
1: gradually as the week went on. I'm trying to establish dominance from snap one. Mm, I nice. want to intimidate everybody on day one to let my teammates know that yes, if it's a patent practice, I'm bringing it every single time. So if you got any ideas or any thoughts about how you're going to beat me, defeat me, no, let's let's set the case clear on snap one. So, uh, but how how does that how does that go? So like. For instance, for for me,
2: right, as an offensive lineman, the reason why I wanted to ramp it up is I don't want to put my teammate on the ground, right? I'm right. not trying to pancake a, a teammate. He doesn't want to pancake you right off the bat, Chad. Right? Yeah. He's no. trying to let you get warmed up. thinking down. of me. No. Yeah. He's thinking of me. I appreciate no. that. Oh, no. Um, I'm not Sean Payton. <laughs> I, I don't got to think about people that I'm not facing on day one. Right. 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 But um, for me, like, it was always like, hey, you know what? Let's go out here. Yeah, you you don't want to get bullied, right? Nobody wants to get bullied in the NFL locker room. But how do you establish dominance, I'm asking, like when
1: you are wearing spiders? Oh, I I thought we were talking about padded practice. Spiders, no. There's no way. Now, my tempo is going to be hopefully high no matter we're wearing no pads, spiders, uppers, or full pads. But I was speaking specifically about the you know, the first padded practice, the first oh, one-on-one opportunities, one-on-one pass rush, edge guys versus offensive linemen. I want to try to bull you and shock you a bit so now we know what the pace is going to be, how things are going to work. Dang, you were bull rushing your teammates, son? Oh, absolutely. Bad teammate. Face-to-face. Bad teammate.
0: Leverage. So, Bart, part of the difficulty of playing – Not difficulty, but the art of practice is being able to practice at full speed no matter what you're wearing and be able to dial the physicality back in certain areas but not compromise any of the speed or precision of the plays you're trying to run. Whether you're in, whether you're in spiders, whether you're in uppers or just helmets or nothing at all or full pads, you got to be able to move at full speed. To simulate what it's going to be like on game day, Uh, Sean Payton knows how to do that. But you mentioned 51 padded practices back in the old days and only 16 now. That's what we just looked up. They got 16 of them now, so they have to do a lot of work in a short amount of time. Um, Hey, if you guys are coming out to camp, stop on by the DenverSports.com zone. Grab a bottle of water, thanks to our friends at Gravinas. Uh, That's right, we're right across the street from Centura Training Center. You guys are on your way down to training camp. It's exciting. There's a buzz in the air. The cones are set up, the cars are coming. It's training camp day, and we are going to keep on reacting to what's going on in training camp and the national response to Sean Payton's comments about this team last year. We'll do that next.
3: Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from training camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F 150 Lightning, all electric and built for tough.
0: Friday's right, training camp it's upon us 2023 is here guys we waited a long time and now Sean Payton's going to get to implement his vision for this team going forward um guys before we talk about his comments music was music a big part of your process getting ready for practices like this or just the season or or whatever I mean are, are you listening to headphones in the locker room or are you just in your car like are you chopping it up with the fellas in the locker room when you're getting ready are you in your zone where are you at Chad at this point
1: I'm chopping up in the locker room. Uh, music, while certainly a massive part of football nowadays, uh, every internship I've been in, I got a full education on the current state of hip-hop in those five or six weeks where I was there. Uh, back when I was playing, music wasn't as big of a part of it. So, yeah, you chop it up, you laugh. What do you
0: mean a, a bigger part of it? Like always playing or people talking about it? What do you mean like a full education on the, the, the hip-hop Okay, nation? so my, my
1: very first internship with the Seahawks, no matter where you went in the facility, practice field, weight room, dining hall, meeting rooms, Pete Carroll's office, somebody was pumping some loud hip-hop. No matter I'm where, hip,
0: guys. I like the hippity-hop.
1: Let's pop this yeah, stuff. You'd be surprised how cool Pete Carroll is. Oh, so I know Pete about a Carl, Carl does it as well. Yeah. 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 And, in fact.
0: It, He's about 50 years younger, though.
1: Music was so important to Pete Carroll. We didn't have just music playing. We had a live DJ at every single practice. A live DJ.
0: That's crazy. Hey, who do you DJ for? The Seahawks? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm playing not a,
2: not a bad job to have. No, <laughs> not no, no, no. at During training camp and practice, yeah. you assume that he's going to get game days as well, right? Yeah, yeah. The
0: hours are much better than typical DJ hours. <laughs> <Yes. True. laughs> sir sir.
2: Um, for me, music definitely yeah. wasn't um, wasn't a bit, Like, today... Today for me was all about kind of having as many conversations as possible. Yeah. And just kind of chopping it up with my guys. What did you do during your time off? You know, uh, how's the family? How's the wife? How's the kids? What, what is everybody doing? What are the kids doing? We have plenty of time for that uh, after I kick your ass at practice. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so um, I wasn't, I wasn't, How the kids at, I wasn't looking at winning day one. You're, yeah. This thing was a marathon. There's going to be dog days in this thing, right? Yeah. So, yeah. and there's going to be time for music. There's going to be times where i want you to shut that music off right and just be just absolutely pissed off because i had a bad day yeah right and then there's going to be times where i had that great day and i'm pumped up and i want to come in the locker room and hear the music but day one i was just trying to kind of ease my way into this thing because I, i i just had to wait to flip that switch right and once you flip that switch you can't really turn it off in the nfl so i wanted to wait as long as possible to flip that thing
0: yeah, you mentioned it's a marathon, it ain't a sprint. Nobody's gonna remember who one
2: day one. I will. You know what I mean? <laughs> <I'm> taking notes. <laughs> but I mean you can have a great day. You chart that thing. Like you, you, you got move to, on to the next. I, I got it. Today, you know, I got the tackle, you know, the uh, next day he got it and just see overall who, who won the whole training camp. I would take notes.
1: Really? You're I charting just,
0: all your train like I a special tackles?
2: Section. Yes, That's
0: I had how you spent fifteen se- years in the NFL special
1: I section in my camp notebooks all the one on one pass rushes. For real, yes, every and w- day. And whether you win or lost, win ratio, success ratio was you know. Can I get? Can I get this guy with the same? Is my move so good that I not just beat him with it once? He knows it's coming, and I beat it with beat him with it again a second time so, or a third time. So, so what? You go ahead, or, I
0: so many questions though, that. Damn. blows my mind, yeah, because I mean, yeah. <laughs> in seven
2: years in the National Football League, I probably won 15 one-on-ones in all seven years, and I probably t- took probably 10,000 of those reps. Right. I never really looked at one-on-ones as something to chart or even something that I really cared about, to be honest with you. I would try new things in one-on-ones, like, hey, if I'm going against a different player this week and I'm like, oh, I want to keep this guy on the line of scrimmage, I want to jump set him. So I would try that out on and them, and just to feel a little bit more comfortable, Comfortable as the as the week went on and to implement that in, during the game. And one-on-ones, you get to go against good versus good. Right. right. Typically during the season, you're going against the twos and the threes. So for me, it, it blows my mind, but I guess that's how you play 15
1: years in the league. So what was your uh, career one-on-one win percentage? I'd have to look back at the charts. But <laughs> it, the, the goal wasn't always to win every single one because as always was just talking about, it. sometimes you're working on something. Um, sometimes you're going against... Walter Jones. And it's like, okay, Walt knows all my moves. He's going into the Hall of Fame. I gotta pull something deep out of my bag of tricks to see if it'll work against him. So, you know, it was uh, there was a process where I was, you know, if I'm gonna take the notes, I might as well come up with my success ratios. But I would say I was, you know, sixty percent plus in one on one battles.
0: Yeah, and that's why it was so concerning for me last year as a former receiver to not see the one-on-ones. And we talk about we're doing everything opposite. I imagine we are going to see one-on-ones. We are going to see seven-on-sevens because for a receiver's point of view, you know, a guy stuck back in the depth chart, you get an opportunity to step up and do a one-on-one against PS2. This is the best corner in the league. If I beat this guy right here, everybody's going to take notice. And if I don't, they're going to expect that. So I'm already a have, have an opportunity in front of me to go make a play on the best player in the NFL. If I make that play, it turns heads. And those coaches go up and watch film after practice, and they, they notice that.
2: But that's why it matters for wide receivers, yes. tight ends, running backs, the quarterback. Yeah. Right? You do get matched up one-on-one in the game. Yeah. And you'll know by the time you get to the line of scrimmage if you're matched up. Offensive linemen, it makes absolutely no sense. We're going, everybody has to get a rep. You don't know if we're sliding the protection to you in the game. You don't know if the tight end is staying in to chip help on the way out. You don't know if I have help from that running back, so why the hell am I doing one-on-ones? So for me, that's why I never really took it. That much seriously, like like I said, I would go in with a plan and hey, I want to work this, I want to work my inside hand, I want to work, you know, my my one two punch or or whatever the case may be. But I just never really looked at it like I was going to lo- lose my job because I lost a one on one rep.
0: Yeah, I always looked at uh, offensive line one on ones with defensive linemen, and thought that's that's not fair. Yeah, you're you're sitting there by yourself. There's nobody on either side of you. There's all the room in the world for these guys to operate.
2: Because even in third and long situations in the game, yeah, that's the thing where. One on ones kind of transition to, but as a defensive lineman, you don't know the the snap count. You don't know if we're sliding the protection to you. You don't know where my help is coming from, and typically, in third and long situations, offensive linemen, if you understand the leverage and the integrity of what the play call is, you'll be able to get a little bit of help some way, somehow.
0: Yeah. Well, we're going to be excited to see these one-on-one matchups and these players out there. It's about the players. We can't forget that. It's not about what the coaches say. It's not about what the front office talks about in their, you know, in their conferences. It's about these players and getting them to play better than they did last year. I think that's what Sean Payton is trying to do or was trying to do when he made those comments to the USA Today reporter that turned into national headlines. yesterday. Uh, including basically saying that it was the worst coaching job in the history of the NFL. Nathaniel Hackett now finds himself the offense coordinator with the Jets. Jets head coach Robert Sala had something to say about it. Well, I'm not going to acknowledge Sean on that. Just, he, you know, he's been in the league a while. He can say whatever the hell he wants. But uh, but as far as, you know, what we have going on here, that's, you know, the... I kind of live by saying if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping so hate away you know it's uh obviously we're doing something right if you got to talk about us when we don't play until week four and i'm good with it you know but uh you know the guys in our locker room they've earned everything that's coming to them um and really excited about what's going on i think hackett's doing a phenomenal job here him the uh, coaching staff is doing a phenomenal job and and we're focused on us i get it there's a lot of external noise there's a lot of people who are hating on us there's a lot of people looking for us to fail there's a lot of crows pecking at our neck uh, but all you can do is spread your wings, keep flying high until those crows fall off and suffocate from the inability to breathe. All righty, Robert. Hey, if you, if you ain't got haters, you ain't popping. Way poppin'?
1: deep into the cliches.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so, and it's also week five. It's not week four, Coach Sala. So get get your schedule right. But um, is he right the way he's approaching reacting to this, to this statement, um, Orlando? I
2: like it. Um, I, I, I liked what Sean Payton did, but I also like what Robert Salah did as well. Because if you are the Jets head coach, you, you're focusing on getting better. Right? You should not be focused on what another coach wants to say or anything like that. Bottom line is, you guys won last year in a horrible game to drug it out where the Broncos scored one touchdown, had a 16-play drive with Brett Rippin, mm. ran the ball nine times on, that, on the play, but Brett Rippin finished the game with 46 passing attempts made absolutely no sense. Paid the man in four years here had over 46, 46 or more passing attempts uh seven times in the whole entire time that he was here. So it makes absolutely no sense when you look at, you know, a guy like it, this entire situation. I I like just Robert Solak trying to focus, but for me I, I look at the other part of it and if you are the Jets you better go out there and win because you have been pumping out a lot of content this off season as well. Yeah, uh, Chad. So just Robert Solly, You you
0: have experience with Robert Sala, right? You were there uh, doing an internship with the Niners when he was there. Yep. So he's an intelligent coach. Very. He hired Nathaniel Hackett after the the the. the, the Boondoggle. Was that? Is that the right word for That's it? fair enough. The boondoggle that was here last year. Uh-huh. So he clearly doesn't think Hackett was an all-time horrible coach, or he wouldn't have hired him to come. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers acquisition had something to do with it. But um, basically, what are your thoughts on on Hackett being there and you know, Robert Sala having to hear that about a coach that he hired?
1: When you take on a personality like Aaron Rodgers, I, I think you have to recognize that there's some trickiness with that. So why not go after the guy who was able to extract the best out of Aaron Rodgers and and deal with some of the quirkiness of Aaron Rodgers' nature. And that's Nathaniel Hackett. So regardless of what Nathaniel Hackett did here as a head coach, his performance as the quarterback coach for Aaron Rodgers the track record is clear. That is a successful combination working together. So if I'm Robert Sala, yes, let me get the coach who has performed the best with this all-time quarterback, and that's Nathaniel Hackett. So all that is watering the bridge for Robert Sala. So Robert Sala is going to come out in some ways, defend his guy a bit, um, and I think he took the high road. He, he was a little bit more uh, gracious than Sean Payton was. And, again, Sean Payton's words were true but did they have to be said is the question you know there's just ah what what's to be gained from that what is the positive of what sean payton did yesterday
0: No, well it's it's to it's to absolve his players of any of the responsibility of playing last poorly last poor year
1: offensive linemen,
0: mm. yes except though <laughs> except the offensive lineman but basically saying guys you guys were coached so bad that's why you played bad not because you're bad football players not because you are losers I believe in you guys I believe this is a playoff team you were failed last year by your leadership and that's over I think that's there was a message to his team
2: I believe that Robert Sala hired Nathaniel Hackett before Aaron Rodgers got to the Jets right before that really was coming true I know that Aaron Rodgers had spoke about wanting to go there and that was a destination place but I think Robert Sala at the end of the day hired Nathaniel Hackett because yeah you might have failed being the leader but i know that you could be i know that you could be a pawn i know that i could give you direction and now i'm running the show and now you could communicate this right so i i think that you know just because a person fails in one place doesn't mean that he'll fail in another place we look at nick saban his experiment and experience in the nfl horrible but look what he's been doing out there at Alabama. Look what he did before even going to um, the NFL when I believe he was at LSU, right? So just because a person fails in one department doesn't mean that he's going to fail completely. Look at Butch Berry right now. Butch Berry was the offensive line coach. Only lasted 15 games right, for the Denver Broncos. Well, guess what? He just got hired on a playoff team with the Miami Dolphins, right? That, that team has super expectations. Um, so there is... Uh, there is a a thing in giving people a second opportunity, and I think with this separate opportunity, when you look at Nathaniel Hackett, it's going to be Robert Sala's show, and he's running the show, so that's why he's comfortable enough to bring him back into the NFL underneath him. The Russell
0: Russell Wilson Resurrection Project assumes and banks on Nathaniel Hackett being totally incompetent last year and not knowing anything about what he was doing. Um, If he does do well in New York and Russell struggles here, it might put things in a little bit different context. Um, We're here live right now from training camp 2023 in the DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Con Construction, Colorado-owned, family-operated, commercial general contracting for over 30 years along the front range. ConConstruction.com. Check them out. All right, there was more dissenting voices for what our boy Sean Payton had to say nationally. We'll get back into those. Also, we're going to talk about the quarterback room at on this team, and who's going to be our MVP. Might seem obvious, maybe so, maybe not. That's next. (laughs)
3: Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F 150 Lightning, all electric and built for tough.
0: By me and on jeans. It's going to be a hot one today out here at Training Camp. I wonder if anyone's going to paint their jeans on. Maybe paint your shorts on. Drew's here with a purple shirt and painted on shorts. How'd you get those things on, man? It took, you a, it took you a while to get those on. Those are really tight. I can see everything, but it looks great. You're doing great. Um, Billy Ocean Day 296. 96. 96 there's some good 96s out there. 96 was a good year. too, Wasn't it? Was it?
1: Yeah. Tell me about 96. was such a great a lot year of good on. music.
0: Okay. A lot of good rap music. In 93, 94, 95, 96 was like, if you look at the albums released during that time, it would blow your mind on all the iconic hip-hop albums that basically just, for me, every word of every song is still stuck in my head from all those albums, and uh, 93, 94, 95, 96 was the era, 97 had some good ones too, 98, 99 started to be poppy, Eminem saved us in 98, I believe, from some, you know, the Britney Spears, um, Christina Aguilera, Backstreet Boyification of music that was happening at that time, because it was MV, M- MTV and TRL, right, right. and Eminem came in to save us all.
1: Well, we got some good '96s. Harold Hasselback, thats a massive human being. I don't know if you spent some I time seen. with Harold. Yeah, uh, Tr- uh, Terrence Knighton—that's a massive yeah. human being as well, All yeah. <laughs> right. CU's Tyler Braden, played a long time out there with the Raiders. The U's Cortez Kennedy—yeah, rest in peace, Hall of Famer, my yeah. teammate. Adelius Thomas, yeah. Clyde Simmons, yes, sir. Richard Ditt, Hall of Famer, some good ones '96. Yeah. Carlos Dunlap played with, it, played against
2: him, college and in the NFL as well. Marcus Spears, the big swagoo on ESPN. Swagoo, that's right. Yeah, 96 was a good old number.
0: All right, so we are um reacting to Sean Payton's comments in USA today in which he Shelby Hurst, Shelby. Oh, Shelby
2: once some games for the Broncos, right? Yeah. Where is Shelby now? He's Seattle, I think, right? Is no, he still No, no, in no. Seattle? no. No, free a Free agent, a free agent. Yeah, Ooh, up. Broncos. Yeah. That's yeah, oh, right. Reunion. Whoa. Reunion. Reunion. That minimum, uh, let's call out. Huh.
0: That makes That's sense. Unless they just don't want He's to go. play I mean, for
2: Vance Joseph too,
0: yeah. And George Payton knows him. George Payton had to tell him, "We're letting you. We're, we're sending you to Seattle." But he had some choice words about the organization after that. You think those? That's just water under the bridge. If he were to come back, hey, think, trying to win football games, dog. Yeah, ain't it? Is this the is this the place to come for that?
2: I think you could definitely get a guy like Shelby Harris on a one year vet minimum, which would help this football team, help the depth of this football team, and you know if. He has those batted balls, right, those big palms. Yeah. So uh, I think it, it would be definitely a thing that I would consider if I was
0: George Payton. Well, George Payton has to consider everything, and uh, you're always bringing in guys. You're always working in guys. Sean Payton talking a couple days ago about how they had receivers in, working them out. They're aware of everybody who's out there on the streets who could maybe help this team. They got 90 guys right now. Some guys are going to get hurt. Some guys are not going to pan out. And there are going to be some guys on the opening day roster who are not even here Right now at camp, so uh, we'll be following that, and we're also following Sean Payton and the fallout from the the interview that he gave uh, to a USA Today reporter, Mr. Jarrett. What's the guy's first name? Jared Bell. Joe oh, Jared Bell. Jared Bell. And look, locally, we 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 agree with everything he said. Was it the right thing to put it out there? Time will tell to see if it sours any of his relationships in this building. But to me, he's doing it for the players. He's doing it for Russell to get their confidence back. And if it works, who cares what George Payton thinks? Who cares what Greg Penner thinks? Who cares what those those guys have their feelings hurt? They had to agree with him to an extent. Probably didn't appreciate being put on blast. But nationally speaking, uh, there are some voices who are opposing what Sean Payton said. Here is Ryan Clark calling out Sean Payton on ESPN. That's the comments of a very little man. And I'm not talking about little
3: in stature. You Sean Payton, a magnificent offensive mind, a head coach that won a Super Bowl and had his team competing and actually brought New Orleans back after Katrina. Yes. The way that Sean Payton is revered here, he don't have to say things like that. I'm not going to come on TV, right? and and, and sit in this seat and feel like I got to talk about the last man that did this job. I'm not going to come here and critique what somebody else is doing on another network because I ain't got to do that because I stand on my own too. I don't have to set the precedent that everything that's happening here was so bad and so messed up that now I got to fix it. No, go do your job. You got Walmart money now and now that you got Walmart money, that's your locker room. Go fix that.
0: Go fix that, says um, <laughs> <laughs> says uh, our boy Ryan uh, Clark. Clark. Mm-hmm. Uh, before before we get into this comments, I, I, we all forgot Miko Rantanen, number ninety six for your Colorado Avalanche, fifty five goals last year. So don't want to uh, leave him out. The moose and, is on the loose. Yep, Miko Rantanen. A quick funny, quick story about Miko. When we were first together, it was our first ninety six. Yes, and I was new to the hockey game, right? And someone had said Miko Rantanen. And I didn't know how to pronounce his name at the time. And I was like, I, "Miko Ran I don't know." <laughs> and I got killed for it. Oh. And that was oh, a long right. time ago and a lot has changed since then. There you go. I know Miko
1: Ranton. Oh, of course you do, man. You've been studying up. You've got the, it it know, you got to be in it. Yeah. It was it was out of context. We when we did the number thing, it was all about football players. At first. Yeah, yeah. That's where my mind goes to. Right? Right, well, yeah. like, yeah. so yeah. right. Yeah. Somebody on the text line sends it. So Nate's like, uh, you know, uh, Given if we, if we said, you know, hey, what about the Avs, Miko Ranton, I think we would be able to piece it together, but we were just unfamiliar with the pronunciation and spelling. And it landed us in a lot of hot water. People were very <laughs> upset. No, there was, no. like,
0: one hockey guy who was just so mad for, like, a, for like months and months. He was just, yes. like, wow. tweet at me and just call me names. Tweet at like me, that. too. Yeah. You lost all credibility. Twitter <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, so we're moving on. Uh, Ryan Clark's comments. Do you think he was out of bounds by calling Sean Payton a very little man?
1: Uh Actually, as 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 much of a truth teller as Sean Payton was, there is a little man component to this. You took people who you're working with, you took people who uh, you know put put in their absolute best efforts, and you denigrated them in a way nationally that is uncalled for and serves no no one's benefit. Uh, so I understand where Ryan Clark is coming from in this. Uh, I, while I admire the coach being a truth teller it's ugly it doesn't it doesn't land well upon the ears it's unprecedented i can't think of another time when a head football coach went this scorched earth on someone else so it's it's a bit ugly um and so the pushback in my opinion is warranted while i'm not saying he's not telling the truth because he is it's still it's still warranted the pushback because this is an unprecedented outburst from someone like sean payton Uh, do i
2: think his comments were out of bounds no Brian Clark's a part of the media. Uh, when Sean Payton did what he did a couple days ago, he opened up his cell for everything that was going to come back. All the pushback, all the smoke. But at the same time, I do believe that what Sean Payton did a couple days ago, everything that's in this article, I believe would have came out at some point during training camp. I believe these questions would have came up and he would have answered these questions the exact same way that he answered the, uh, or you know, spoke his truth in that article. So what the article does is it gets it out the way. When it comes up about, you know, what are you doing this year differently with the offensive line because they gave up a record amount of sacks last year. He doesn't have to touch on that because he just says, hey, you know what? I've already talked about that before training camp. We're moving on. We're going in a different direction. Right. So I I understand Ryan Clark's uh, comments. Respect Ryan Clark's comments. Don't think they're out of bounds at all because Sean Payton opened up the door for this thing. But I still Love what Sean Payton did with his comments as well.
0: Our broadcast from training camp twenty twenty-three is powered by Ford F one fifty Lightning, all electric and built for tough. You know, Ryan Clark wasn't the only national actually wasn't the only guy to oppose what Sean Payton said and to have some choice choice words for it. Actually, one of the players who was on this team last year, Hackett's buddy, who's now with him in the Jets, had something to say about it. We'll hear about that next.
3: Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023. Thanks to Construction and Ting Internet. Getting set for today's practice, the Players Club. Powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning. All electric and built Ford Tough. That's right, train, Training Camp
0: 2023 underway today at Centura Health training center. We're starting to see the fans trickle in Uh, practice starting in about 15 minutes. I'm going to be there. I'm going to take off after this segment. You guys are going to hold it down. Yeah, we will in the players club. Um, And we got a little breaking news on the Broncos front quote from the Denver Broncos Twitter. We've activated wide receiver Kendall Hinton from the physically unable to perform list and signed wide receiver, Michael Bandy. So two more available wide receivers. I think that makes 14, 14 wideouts here. Marvin Mims jr. Dealing with a hamstring. So your first pick in this year's draft, he's a second-rounder. They traded up to get him, and uh, he'll be starting on the sidelines dealing with that hamstring. It's a familiar story. We've heard it before with K.J. Hamler. We've heard it before with, well, I think 21 guys had hamstrings last year. What is
1: it about the wide receiver position, particularly either you know guys early in their career or rookies, where this seems to be a, a standard part of training camp? Your rookie wide receiver comes in, he is going to pull a hamstring.
0: The demands of the day. I mean, you're running you're running these routes where you're trying to explode off the line of scrimmage as fast as possible and then the cutting. You're torquing your body in ways that are unrat- unnatural for your frame. Like you're you're trying to run full speed one direction and not tip off that you're about to cut the other direction and that puts strain on your body the the constant starting and stopping the deceleration the acceleration the cuts the torque that you're putting on your body and the intensity is harder than you've ever done it before even though you're not consciously like I'm going to go faster than I did in college or last year w- week when I was training by myself the competition in front of you forces that moment it forces like you to be at your best fastest strongest you've ever been because this is your dream
2: you're waiting for this why do some wide receivers have hamstring issues and some don't though yeah and then like are those guys not is it the right form of training
1: yeah that's what it's because this this happens every single year but you know rod smith didn't have a hamstring every single year he found a way to overcome that ed mccaffrey found a way to overcome that but for some reason you're a rookie is it impossible to prepare a rookie-wide receiver to not get hamstrings? So as you're,
0: as you're saying that, I'm thinking maybe it's the way they train for the combine-specific drills that doesn't prepare them for football stuff because you're, tra- you're training for all straight-line stuff, right? Pretty right. much. Well, I guess you do the L shuttle and stuff like that, but it's not football movement. It's not football action. You're training to master some tests. You're training to run the fastest possible 40 you can, and uh, you're training specific type of weight room stuff that may not translate to the football field and actually may make you vulnerable on a football field compared to Rod Smith, who knew that the football movements were the most important thing, not what he was going to do in the weight room or not what he was going to do on a stopwatch. You know, so... um Let's hope that these guys can get, um, you know, get through these little nagging injuries that are going to pop up. It's going to be hamstrings, going to be groins, going to be hip flexors from all these guys. But good to see that Kendall Hinton is going to be out there because, to me, Kendall Hinton had the best hands on the team last year. He became sort of a security blanket for Russell Wilson in a very difficult season. And uh, he's a jack-of-all-trades guy. He can do anything you want. He's a very smart player, very patient um, with his route running, and he has smooth, soft hands. And we saw that last year also helps this cause of making this football team in a deep
2: wide receiver room
0: yeah and that to me that's going to be the the most interesting battle to watch uh after the kickers the kickers are going to be the most interesting battle the receivers are going to be the second most interesting battle because i think every single one of these guys can make a claim that they they belong on the team
2: yes absolutely
0: and so uh how's this camp going to shape out we will see but wanted to get to this um statement made by a former player that was on this team last year, one of Hackett's buddies who went over to him with the Jets to him. And, you know, first off, want to set up the quote from Sean Payton. Quote, everything I heard about last season, we're doing the opposite. It might have been one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL. That's how bad it was. Well, Billy Turner responded uh, with a kind of a quote tweet thing. I don't even know what it, what this is, but he posted it to his social media. It says seems like someone started training camp and is trying to soften the blow after realizing realizing what he's in for this season. Freaking bomb, and he didn't say frickin'.
2: Hashtag bounty gate. Hashtag childish. Mm. I I got I'm so confused with a lot of this. That, like <laughs> somebody started training camp. With what? Like, I think he's insinuating that he, but, that his team's not as good as he'd hoped,
0: and so he's going to be screwed, and he's trying to make excuses for how bad his team's going to be.
2: That's not what I got from the uh, article. Uh, heck, I got from the first, one of the first quotes was like, I'm going to be pissed off if we don't make the playoffs. I don't think if you don't believe in your football team that you make that um, argument. But um, you said it, Nate, when you brought this thing in, one of Nathaniel Hackett's buddies. (laughs) Right. And I would go to war for Nathaniel Hackett as well if I could miss the whole week of practice and get tapped on my shoulder on a Saturday night and say, you're starting tomorrow. Of course, coach, I would love you if I didn't (laughs) have to work hard. So uh, this is a buddy sticking up for a buddy that has continued to get jobs. Especially in the last two years, because
1: of that friendship and relationship that he has with Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah, Billy Turner owes Nathaniel Hackett probably what $16, $17 million bucks at this point. So Billy Turner has an obligation to defend this boy, but along the way, he's throwing his former teammates here under the bus. So that's why this thing is just so ugly. One guy throwing one side under the bus, <laughs> someone else throwing the other side under the bus. This is this is what this has you know got rolling here. So for a coach who said you know uh anonymous donors and all that he has sure sparked a firestorm around him that now players are going to be asked about players are going to have to talk about you know and guess what after releasing this article who didn't speak after practice yesterday sean payton Mm. so you spark the fire and you back away that's not cool man if you're going to put the fire out there stand up in front of the media and answer the questions but, but he's okay. going to have to speak. He's that coach, right?
2: But So even though he didn't but, stand up yesterday, how many times do we think we're going to see Sean Payton stand up after practice between now and when the Broncos play their first game against the L.A. got a League? chance
1: to clarify your comments and avoid this kind of Billy Turner stuff that's going to now be a back-and-forth thing.
2: What if he doesn't have to clarify
0: him? What if the comments speak for himself and he doesn't have to add to anything? That's quite a lot that he gave us. Why does he have to
1: add to it? He's going to be asked questions about it. So you, you, you can add, you can modify, you can spin, you can try to reduce, you can double down. He's got a, a ton of options. At, at his resources that he can do whatever he wants to do. So what I'll tell I'll see. I'll tell my wife
0: about, you know, the this drama last night. And she was like, "This guy is a media genius." He's a media genius. First off, he implores all his employees, implores all his players, "Don't talk. Don't put yourself out there. I'll take care of everything." And then he drops this bomb, absolving them of any of the blame for last year's uh, season, bad season. And then gets everyone else in the in the national media talking about him and gets the buzz created about this team. And then he s- drops the mic and steps back and lets everybody else talk about it. And these players can get to work and not feel like they got to step to the mic and defend their coach. Like you haven't seen anybody else on this team put out a, a message like Billy Turner there. You know, and they probably won't. They will be asked about it though after today's. But promise. they don't have to answer it. Yeah. And Sean Payton has basically told them you don't
1: you don't have to answer anything.
0: You can do whatever you you can shut up. You can say next question. You don't have to answer. You don't have to play along with these guys. Mm-hmm. Clearly, Sean Payton has a particular thought or feeling about local media. He's the national media guy. Mm-hmm. He's the Fox guy. He's a Super Bowl champion guy. You think you think he's going to come in here and get pushed around by a Mac? <laughs> he's not going to let himself do that. Next question. So so was my wife right that this
2: is a genius move by Sean Payton? I, I like the move. Uh, I, I've liked it ever since. I came on yesterday and said I was like the Grinch who stole Christmas <laughs> But as I kept on reading along the article, my smile got bigger and bigger and bigger. I think it was exactly what you're saying, Nate. He, he, he dropped something out there. He basically takes a lot of pressure off a lot of these guys about thinking about last year. And you're exactly right with the whole they don't have to answer. I remember when I played for the Denver Broncos, I did one, once a week, I did a media obligation. Coincidentally, enough, it was on 104.3 The Fan. <laughs> on Tuesday mornings, I would roll over in bed and do my little 20-minute interview with Sandy Clough, and then I'd roll back over and go back to sleep right after. Would
0: you literally be laying in bed?
2: Sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> I'd be laying in bed. Sometimes I was already at the facility doing treatment and stuff like right. that. But guys don't have to answer questions. If, hey, we saw what, what, what your coach did, and what do you got to say? Um coach is coach and he's free to say whatever he wants. Or yeah. hey, I don't want to answer that question. You know, I, next question. Whatever the case you want whatever you want to tell the media, go ahead and do it. You don't have to sit here and back yourself into the or uh, the back yourself into a corner and answer every question that the media throws at you. And last year, Nathaniel Hackett when he stepped to the podium, we were critical of his oversharing.
0: We we're critical of the fact that he gave, like, he told you what he ate for breakfast and what they were doing up there in the in the coach's office and how they were do, dialing up every play and why they were doing every play and what they were thinking about. He gave too
1: much. Yeah. He gave. Isn't, isn't, this a, isn't,
0: Sean Pay, isn't this a master in uh, like a master class in narrative control that Sean Payton is putting on right now?
1: I would say up until these comments. Okay. Th- again, there's 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 not a whole lot to be gained from this. Is it true? A lot of it is certainly true, but what's the benefit of it all, and why spark controversy? Why have your guys be answered questions? Why have people snipe at you? Whether it's Ryan Clark, pressure makes diamonds, yes. Chad. Why, why, why engage with Billy Turner's? Why, why part, start all of that when you've got plenty to focus on on this football team right now? Isn't it a part of it just betting
2: on yourself though as well, mm-hmm. like with um, Sean Payton? Because to me. Even if you don't understand Broncos country and you don't understand his media base and the fan base, it's all about winning. And if you're not winning, they're going to be talking about you, whether it's good or bad, right? So if you're Sean Payton now and you dropped all these spicy comments, Like, aren't you betting on yourself because you're calling out the GM? You're calling out the ownership. You're saying that that was them. So aren't you, in fact, trying to bet on yourself in the fact of talking about this team? I'm going to be pissed off if we're not a playoff team. So, isn't Sean Payton in a roundabout way betting on himself? Because if he goes out there and wins four games, don't you think this ownership
1: group and everybody here in Bronco country is going to be pissed off and remember this exact very article? Yeah, they, they certainly will. And to say this better be a playoff team, that's betting on yourself. I agree with all that. It's just there was no – again, I don't think there's much to be gained by saying Coach Hackett and those guys were the worst – it was one of the worst coaching jobs he's ever seen. That's just a step too far from a football traditional standpoint. You just don't do that kind of thing. And yet 100% true
0: based on what we all saw.
1: And and I will agree with that as well.
0: All right, so you can't fault the man for telling the truth. Maybe just uh, the backlash has been more than he bargained for. Guys, our broadcast from training camp 2023 is powered. I'm sorry. Yes. No, we're live here from Training Camp 2023 in the DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Con Construction, Colorado-owned, family-operated, commercial general contracting for over 30 years along the front range. ConConstruction.com. Check them out, guys. All right, Sean Payton's comments yesterday were the main topic of conversation, but it was a former interim head coach here who says he was the one that started the shift in Russ's behavior toward the end of last season. Coach Jer Bear gave an interview to our very own Mike Kliss. The boys will dive into that and some CU stuff. I heard there's some news on the CU front chat. A little bit. We'll talk about that. They'll talk about that next.